Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, otherwise known as username Zach17. Uh, we got some other guys with us today. Uh, what's up guys? John, J Foster 15 Hey guys, I'm Jason, username JSA17. Hey guys, it's Ben, username Ben1313. Never guessed. <laughs> so Never would have. I'm going to blame Ben's username of 13 being unlucky for this series of unfortunate events. We have okay. this beautiful podcast and then <laughs> it definitely wasn't my fault, but no, of course not. Yeah. It was definitely Ben's username. Yeah. And someone, then, someone uh, forgot to save their podcast. Even though I didn't forget to, God, to save it. I was it. saving it and it was on its way and the clouds just opened up and ate it or something. That happens, right? <laughs> My username with the uh, Friday the 13th over the weekend. Oh, yeah. The combo of those things. That's, That's what happened. Storm. They so were going to record Zach, on Tuesday. Power's out. Zach has become old man screams at cloud. <laughs> I mean, the cloud deserves it. It's in my It's in my space. Who knows what it's doing? Um, I guess we could stream at some clouds over the weekend. We played some games in Pittsburgh and Washington that weren't particularly warm. But we played pretty well, technically. And without Nolan Arenado, which is a surprise. Yeah. So let's see. When your best third, when your amazing third baseman doesn't play and you win games, that makes you a better team than the Dodgers? Is it the Dodgers? Well, the Dodgers' best player is not playing, and we have a better record than them. Hey. Yeah, the Dodgers have been pretty poor. Kenley Jansen specifically has been pretty poor, who blew another save last night, came in with a two-run lead, and blew the save. Dodgers ended up winning the game, but um, it went extras as opposed to being over the night. It's more than he had all of last year, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. more blown saves already than he had in 2017. And his velocity is down about seven miles an hour, which is an unprecedented amount. Usually it's like one or two or three, maybe. Seven's a lot. Maybe he's like throwing out his his arm, typing for like the players' union or something. Yeah, I think it was his karma for saying that no one in the NL East is trying to compete, and now the Mets are destroying everybody. Their pitching is just that that good, man. I mean, finally, after all those years of anticipation, yeah, of and having anticip- Harvey and Cinder Cindergard. Yeah, they they finally have their five touted guys making consecutive starts, which they've been talking about for the last few years, and it's never happened until now. Yeah, and hopefully everybody stays healthy everywhere, you know. I, it's just been strange that it's taken the Mets so long for this to happen. Um, so kind of let's let's just wrap up the road trip. We actually had a, a good April road trip. Um, two losses. Yeah, Rockies went on a seven game road trip at Washington, which they've actually always been good at Washington. Um, I think they're like reason. ten or eleven games above five hundred at Washington, and then to the Pirates, and yeah, went five and two on the road trip. Mm-hmm. And on the lost pod point, the second lost pod, we were talking about the Pirates. They had a good record, but they didn't seem to be that good of a team. Played a lot of down, purposely bad teams to start the year. Um, what was uh, what was great about one of the starts was the Rockies threw their uh, first uh, shutout of the season. <laughs> had some good Chetis. Yeah. 
Chet has uh, definitely had our best start as uh, staff uh, yesterday, I guess it would have been. You're yeah, saying... Uh, been a pleasant surprise this season, I think. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be uh, this good so far. John, you want to emphasize surprise? Yeah, so a lot of the um, background data, I guess, would be the best way to describe it for Chad. Says we should be expecting some bad Chettis here pretty soon. Um, his ERA right now is a 1.44. Um, his FIP is a 4.21, though, so that's almost a three-run difference. So that's a little scary. Um, his left-on-base percentage is 48.5%, or excuse me, 95.2%, which is... That's sustainable. It's a really high percent. His BABIP is 0.217, also very low. And then if you look at which one of our pitchers has been hit the hardest, Chad Bettis has been hit the second hardest of all of our pitchers. So So I'm thinking this is great to see from Chad, but I would be wary of it not happening again. Yeah, the the quick... Wrap up is your your BABIP again kind of normalizes to three hundred, and your FIP is better expectations of how many runs you're going to give up rather than your ERA. Um, and if there's a big discrepancy, then we're kind of looking to see that your ERA is going to change drastically. Um, so we might get some bad Chetis. You you know whose FIP is pretty much the same as his ERA, uh, Kyle Freeland. Yeah, which uh, you kind of yeah you kind of wish that maybe that FIP would be a little lower because Kyle has not looked great so far, and I think <clears throat> something that's jumping out about Kyle to me at least is that his ground ball rate is not what it was last year. It seemed like um, he would pitch to contact last year, but it didn't ever really hurt him because the ball was on the ground, and that doesn't seem to be the case so far. Yeah, his <laughs> walks per nine are killing him. Four walks per nine. That's some Chatwood numbers right there. Yeah, and we didn't get a chance to talk about Anderson's effectively wild start either. Was it six walks? Six walks, six strikeouts, four innings. <laughs> it's quite but the line. He, yeah, it was quite the line, but he got the got, I mean, he got the job done. So I guess that's what mattered because those six walks and uh, didn't really come to bite him at any point. Yeah. Um, I think we also last time wanted to mention like the walk percentage and how high it is. Um, you know, uh, I didn't think I'd be seeing a 15% walk percentage, but there it is, Mike Dunn. <laughs> and uh, a 14.6 from Herman and a 14.1 from Tyler Anderson. Um, Bettis is a 10%. Oberg is a 10%. Freeland had a 10%. is probably going to change after today. So something to think about with um, the Rockies and that walk percentage too is that there have been, I mean, talking about the weather today was one of the warmer games that the Rockies have played so far. And even then um, I think it peaked into the fifties. So that some of those control numbers are a little tough to judge right now, just because they've played so many cold games. I mean, to the point that uh, the other night it wasn't, a case of Bud Black recommended to Herman Marquez that he should wear long sleeves. Bud Black told Herman Marquez that he should be wearing long sleeves in the cold weather. So, yeah, some of those high control stats, I'll be curious to see how they play out when the weather's not, you know, it's 30 degrees Freezing. and snowing. It's yeah. tough to hang on to the ball. 
I don't know if it's ever going to get better. I can tell you right now, it's snowy. It's always going to be snowy. (laughs) If you live in Nebraska, it's uh, one constant state of blizzard. But I know. Does anything else change in Nebraska? (laughs) Yeah, I've got got tickets taller or shorter. I've got tickets for Saturday's spring game. I just won them today at work. (laughs) Like I I like how you say Saturday's spring game as if there was like a chance that I knew which game you were talking about. Sorry, I live in Nebraska. It's the only thing that matters in this state. Oh. So yeah, I won uh, tickets today, and I'm afraid it's going to be super cold while I'm standing there at noon. And well, this is snow here, isn't it? Yeah, this weekend isn't supposed to. I mean, I think Sunday's supposed to be pretty nice, but Friday is, I think, a 90% chance of precipitation at first pitch, and Saturday's mm-hmm. not supposed to be very warm either. Yeah. It's because so, we're playing the Cubs, who have yeah. had two postponements in the last two days. They just well, bring it with them. I bet we'll preview the Cubs um, series probably later in the podcast. I think right now it is kind of weird that we are basing stats on April numbers. And again, the um, the common knowledge is that things don't normalize until Mike Trout is first in war. And he was first in war <laughs> baseball reference. So maybe things have normalized, but probably not. It's probably too early to tell about anything. This is why I, I go to fan Yeah, it's a little, a little too early. Uh, yeah. So are we not saying, are we thinking that Ottavino's uh, 64% K percentage is going to go down, or we think that's normalized, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be 63. It's got to go down a little bit. <laughs> I it think was, it's going to go up. <laughs> that's I like it this was a good. It was a good article that Jeff Sullivan wrote on Adam Ottavino. Um, with, with nice the, gifts, too. Yeah, and with the general idea being um, that not only is Ottavino pitching well, but he's actually moved himself Adovino is always a guy that's, that throws across his body and kind of across the plate, but he's moved himself towards the first base side, so he's coming a little bit more straight at batters. But last year he was so far out there that some of his control suffered. So by moving a little bit more straight on with batters, he's got a little bit more control. But it was also talking about the fact that in um, slider counts, Adovino is throwing a lot of uh, fastballs, and he gets a lot of movement on his two-seam fastball. And then in those fastball counts, he's throwing sliders. So it was a kind of a case of he's catching the hitters off guard because he's throwing pitches that maybe you wouldn't throw in those counts. But then the end to that was also that he can just at any time, if catch if pitchers or excuse me, if hitters start catching on to that, he can just change it up right away and go back to suddenly they're expecting the the, the slider and the fastball count and doesn't he have those, like those kind up. of the multiple sliders he was like talking about last year where he's got like kind of slightly different grips. Yeah, there are three pieces to auto slider. Some one that breaks kind of more twelve six, one that makes more like a you know seven o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock type of curveball, and then one that breaks across. He throws a lot of different curveballs, or excuse me, sliders. One of them is well, basically like he feels he can strike out anybody with any pitch that he has. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's um, real confident. Adam Ottavino's um, war right now. 0.6. It's as much as this entire year of 2016. <laughs> for, a, yeah, for a relief pitcher to have already posted 0.6 war in I mean, the first half of the first month is just insane. It's a, it's a big number. Yeah, that's Kenley Jansen yeah. numbers from last year. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So that's, some, that's some of the things we can be happy about. We got good Chettis. Adovino is just ridiculous. Wade has been solid. Oh, he's yeah. We got real lucky that uh, that uh, Holland decided to turn down our uh, contract offer. 
It's not looking so good for him. Yeah, Holland let up another uh, two runs last night in 0.0 innings of work. Cool. So, yeah, we're definitely, we <laughs> should be very happy that, that <laughs> yeah, we should be very happy that Holland is doing that. Now, you could blame some of that, certainly, on Holland um, not playing in spring and things like that, whether, you know, whether he's not quite there yet. But so far, it's looked pretty good for us. The other um, good but ridiculous numbers, um, Charlie Blackman's ISO right now is uh, 436. I like it. Totally sustainable. Oh, completely. <laughs> so the other day, I tw- the other day I tweeted out that uh, I think Charlie Blackman's home road splits right now are too extreme for him to be considered the best players in baseball, and that's just stayed the same. Yeah, can't be the best player in baseball when you only hit on the road. Come that's on, right. Charlie. <laughs> with, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got seven home runs on the road, which is all of his home runs have come on the road. I, I guess DJ's got six that have all come on the road, um, and DJ you know, has six home runs. What is going on? Well, yeah. certainly, a bit, yeah, what is going on with that? But certainly, a big part of that is the Rockies have played fourteen games on the road and six games at home so far. And DJ is still hitting yeah. home runs. Yeah, DJ is still hitting home runs. Yeah, yeah, he was never a home run hitter, and he's doing yeah. all this. On the road, not even at home. Yeah, the other night, crazy. Drew Goodman was talking about, and I'm really not sure still where he got this stat from, but he was saying something about DJ LeMay having the seventh highest hard hit ball rate in the league. Um, and that's, I don't, I can't find anything to make that be true. But outside of that, that specific stat, um, DJ's hard hit ball rate is up, even as medium um, hard hit ball rates are up. His fly ball rate is up, like his line drive rate is up. Everything DJ is doing is up across the board so far this year. So when he's hitting six home runs and we're all going, why is DJ Romayu hitting six home runs? Well, a lot of his stuff that would lead to home runs is up and significantly so across the board. You know what's super weird? DJ LeMahieu is pulling the ball. A lot. He, yeah. I'm, I'm on his splits right now, and his his pull, like his average is 429. I mean, again, everything is super small sample size. But he has nine hits of pulling the ball. And his his pull is Woba is like five sixteen, and his way to run create is two nineteen on pull hits. And it it goes back to the thing with DJ. I guess I think we talked about it on the podcast. We lost, but another thing with DJ and pulling the ball and putting it all over the place is that DJ currently has um, the highest Z contact percentage. With Z contact percentage, is balls that you swing at that are in the strike zone. And of anybody in the majors, DJ has the highest Z percentage. So he's not like he's he's getting the ball kind of everywhere, and he's hitting everything they throw at him. And like it's a different DJ than I think we're that that we all expect or have become used to over the past few years. Yeah, like he's like you said, he's hitting. He's only had one or two swings and misses of any pitch in the strike zone. His walks are it's up, a, so he's seen yeah, he's point seven percent of the time. If he swings at something in the zone, he'll hit it. Yeah, it, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's just a really, that's a really high number. To put it in perspective, you have Didi Gregorius, who so far has been one of the best hitters in baseball, and Mookie Betts right there with DJ. And Mookie Betts certainly has been one of the best hitters in baseball. So mm-hmm. DJ is above two guys that are out there smoking the ball so far. I think the other great thing we talk about, DJ LeMahieu is hitting leadoff currently. And he's killing it. He is killing it. Now, Patrick Saunders the other day said something about um, Bud Black considering 
leaving him in the uh, lead up spot. But then it came out today that there's a good chance that when everything is back to normal, DJ will not be in the lead up spot. Which is just a mistake. Uh, yeah, it's a huge mistake. Yeah. I shouldn't say huge mistake. It's a, it's it's a serious mistake. mistake. We believe as non-coaches. As non as experts. Yes, as resident and, and, random podcasters. And yes. we are obviously resident random podcasters, but there's a pretty <laughs> big consensus. RPs. We're, there's a pretty big consensus around the league from guys that know a lot more than we do that Charlie Blackman should not be hitting leadoff. And, I mean, last year him setting the leadoff RBI record is it's kind of one of those bittersweet records because it's awesome that he did it, but don't you wish that he had been producing from somewhere else? Type so many more runs yeah. produced. I, the only that's something we need right now too. Lots if we really want to get into like the stats of it, technically DJ's hitting worse batting first than batting second. Technically, he he has <laughs> two less hits. Look, small sample size alert. Okay, okay. Poems. So yeah, he's been, ter- he's been terrible. It's awful. You should probably never try this again. No, worse. Yeah, failed experiment. And a guy that has come, and I guess it's not a surprise, but who has come up as somebody that maybe you would bat second. Now this wouldn't ever come into play when Blackman's back, but Ianetta last year for the Diamondbacks was it, the best spot he hit out of for the Diamondbacks was the two spot. I mean, he's been hanging out of the two spot for the Rockies and hasn't been great, but he's also digged a couple of home runs out of that two spot. So a nice one today. Well, yeah. he's finally yeah. hitting fly balls. It's crazy. Yeah. Ianetta leads our team in hard hit percentage, by the way, better than DJ, about 39%. So, I mean, and it's almost something that's not surprising just because, um, I mean, I know he's an old catcher, not old, but for a catcher. He's old. Um, he's yeah. Old. And he had a, I, I, I say it over and over again, but but Ian Hedda had a really, really, really good season for the Diamondbacks last year. So seeing it carry over and then maybe even carry over because he's in a place where he's kind of comfortable again. I mean, I always think of Ian Hedda as a Rocky even before he came back with us. So. Yeah. Maybe doing it at a place he's comfortable again. He could expand on what he did last year. I mean, this this can't be sustainable, right? This DJ thing. I would love it, it to be, but yeah, I think it, I don't know, it can that, to an extent. Yeah, not his his slugging percentage isn't, but his I slugging mean, percentage probably isn't. But his like DJ's BABIP is below three hundred, which it's n- never been below three hundred in his career. So that's something that could. You know, there's still potential for his average to go up and his on-base percentage when it comes to that. And maybe even if his slugging percentage drops, if he stays like a 3-4-5 player, 300-400-500 on the triple slash, like that's a pretty damn productive player out of your second baseman. Yeah, it's crazy. So laid off spot. Yeah. yeah. Assuming he stays. Yeah. His his bad ball is just, is just way off for his career. His um, fly ball percentage uh, over his career was 21.2%, and he's at 30.2% right now. And his opposite field percentage used to be 357 and now he's at 25.4%. Yeah. So he's just pulling more flies, it seems. Well, and I had, I had, and mentioned, I, I had mentioned to you guys in, uh, about that StatCast podcast that Petriello talked about. Um, they talked about DJ pretty... For about five or six minutes, which it's only a thirty-minute podcast, so that's pretty significant. But um, they had talked about how it a lot of the underlying Statcast information shows that DJ is just hitting the ball harder when he's pulling it. He's not necessarily doing anything different. It's just when he's pulling it, he's hitting it harder. So 
when we face the Diamondbacks or the Padres or any of those teams that run that extreme shift on him, they're not going to want to do it anymore because he's hitting the ball to left field with power now, and they don't have to be – they can't do that shift on him. So now he's going to have his oppo field stuff because they're not going to be able to shift on him. Get that weak so, shift out of here. Well, and so based on that too, then you would expect his Babbitt to move up again when, when he takes that shift off the table. Yeah. If – if he's a player who can just eventually, like, if he changed everything in a year to be able to finally pull, and then they finally start playing differently and just pushes again. But yeah, you'd be, you'd be beating if you're shift, the first and it's, spot. It's kind of a thing of um, that we've talked about that a lot of these guys, um, like Blackman and DJ and Arenado, are good buddies off the field, and Blackman is a student of the of kind of the more advanced stuff, and one of those advanced things he goes after is launch angle. So if if Blackman has maybe rubbed off on DJ and it's not something that's a fluke, but something that DJ is focused on. You can have a fun season out of DJ. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good things going on. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about maybe some things that might change, hopefully. So we'll see you guys after the break. All right, welcome back to the Rockpile Talkpile. Um, we're going to talk about some things that seem really, really good. Um, one of the th- there's like the two most annoying things about baseball in the Rockies with me are our leadoff walks and leaving men on in scoring position. Also, you know, giving up extra base hits to relievers. Just throwing that in there. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, which happened again today. I and, know. To a guy who got his first major league hit, and it was a gap or double. Ugh. <laughs> we just feel bad I'm for getting, people. I'm getting flashbacks. Yes, <laughs> terrible flashbacks. Horrible. Flashbacks. Well, we can't be nice to everybody. I mean, we got to have some Jordan Lyles out there. We can still be mean to, even though he's killing it with this. I was going to say, guess who's, yeah, he has a power changeup. I never even heard of that, but apparently <laughs> he developed a power changeup. He just found a power up somewhere. So, um, so we were, we on the last pod we were talking about the national series, and we we're like, we seemed like we left a lot of people on base, and. Um, and we looked up the runners left in scoring position per game in 2018. And actually, the Rockies are the best team in baseball at not leaving runners on in scoring position. So that's, that's good. just that's fantastic. The clapping surprising is considering. Stuff considering. Now. Right, Jackson will be all messed sorry, up. Jack. So, now, so now, John, why don't you throw some water on that parade? Oh, I, I like parades. No. Am I the one who's supposed <laughs> to kill it? Am I You're always the killer. Yeah, you can be the. Okay. I don't want to do it. So I will kill that by saying um, we are one of the worst, specifically 20th in the league, at having guys on base in scoring position. So the yeah, so the, the, the causation and correlation there is that we are doing we're not leaving a lot of guys on base. And it's not unfortunately with this with this stat of runners left in scoring position, it's um a, it's just a it's a rate stat. So if probably if you went more percentage wise, I don't think we'd be very good. But yeah, we're we're we look good on paper because we're not putting guys in scoring position. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's twentieth with total bases yeah. per game, so. and then we are not actually well. There's not enough really to do anything about walks or stolen bases. Maybe walks. We're twenty first in walks, and then probably half of them are DJ. Because he's great at it now. I feel like and, 80% um, are DJ and I know. 
And then another thing that's kind of hard to control this early in the season are, are doubles, I guess. Um, just stretching those out or having that just that one extra base hit. We're 26th in doubles. Todd Helton, where far aren't thou? Well, we have our another first baseman. Um, we, we signed a guy who's specifically supposed to be getting doubles. Um, it's, uh, it's, um, what's that one name that you really like, John? <laughs> Why am I the guy? You're just the guy today. I'm pretty sure you're the one, though, John, that has come out against the name Ian in general. So it's not that I you're mean, getting picked on it. It's, it's that just you a are weird the guy. name. Ian. It's Ian. I mean, whatever. So part of that not getting doubles is that when we are getting base hits, we're getting a lot of ground ball base hits. And those just aren't something that are ever going to turn into doubles. Um, we're 13th in the league as far as ground ball percentage go for the um, for the team. And then... If you look at, uh, just really quick while I have it in front of me, the left on base percentage for the Rockies is also 13th in the league. Um, so when we're hitting a lot of ground balls, we're not hitting a lot of doubles because those ground balls are, you know, they're going to a fielder who's cutting it off and things like that. We're not sending balls to the wall and whatnot. And, and why are we hitting a lot of ground balls? Is it, is it because we keep giving it bats to a certain Ian? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. I think. He's making new records all the time, guys. Ground ball percentage is 71.1%. So that is, is, that's up from when our last failed podcast, isn't it? He's just yes. trying to prove it something is. now. It's yeah. 3%. It's 3%. John, you, like you mentioned something 3%. that you were you were listening to a podcast with, I believe, Mike Petriello. They brought up Desmond's name. Yeah, so Petriello was a guest on Effectively Wild, and uh, Sullivan was just kind of um, quizzing him on who leads in Statcast stuff, and one of the questions was who leads in ground ball rate. And Mac Petriello, in very enthusiastically, said, "It's Ian Desmond. Please tell me it's Ian Desmond, who was third at the time of that recording." But man, he was just so enthusiastic that it was, it was Ian Desmond. <laughs> he was. I bet he's not third anymore. Yeah, I bet he's not third anymore. And it's it's a bummer because we all got on the Ian Desmond is good or I mean not I don't want to say good but we got on the Ian Desmond is not bad <laughs> bandwagon. So yeah, Sorry. Ian Desmond is no longer third. He is first um, behind such vaunted names as Jonathan Villar and Lewis Brinson or Orlando Arcia, who yeah. Household Eric, names. Eric Hosmer is sixth, which just <laughs> butters my bread. Well, but. at least we don't have Eric Hosmer. <laughs> Thank you, San but, Diego. But yeah, he's, uh, I mean, with the exception of Eric Hosmer, who's making more than Ian Desmond, it's a lot of guys down there like Billy Hamilton and guys that are getting on base with their speed. Um, and Ian Desmond certainly is quick, but he's not getting on base with his speed because he's hitting everything shallow second base. And the other thing I specifically hate about Ian Desmond right now is my. Favorite stat I always pull out, the pitches per plate appearance, he is uh, 12th. He sees 3.28 pitches per plate appearance. And I, every time I see Ian Desmond, like, not every time, but it feels like one-third of the time, he sees the first pitch and just grounds it to second base. And it's, I mean, that it's you say that grounds to second base, too. And, I mean, Ian Desmond is hitting more than half of his balls up the middle. And so... When he is getting hits, they're kind of they're, they're squeaking through the middle, but he's not hitting the ball hard, and then he's hitting them up in the middle. So it is. It's, it's stuff to second base, second base, second base, second base. And then if you talk about some of the guys that are on that list who hit a lot of ground balls, like Billy Hamilton, for example, who 21% of his hits are infield hits, or 
Um, Jonathan Villar, who 12.5% of his hits are infield hits. Desmond is down there at 6.3%. So he's not only hitting the ball on the ground a lot, but he's not getting a lot of infield hits just because he's hitting him to the second base and everything. The, um, he also doesn't have um, a hit when he's uh, pulled the ball. So I'm thinking if I'm other teams, I would literally just bring the left fielder into the infield and play with a four-man infield. Probably just bring everyone into the infield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's just have everybody lay down on the ground and like join arms, and the ball will just like stop in front of them. He did hit a ball at his first at bat today that made it. It was, a, it was his first at bat. It made it to the warning track, um, and I swear up and down that it sounded like he broke his bat when he hit it. And then in his very next at bat, the first ball he made contact with his bat shattered. Um, so I kind of, there's so much of me, I mean, obviously Desmond knows better than any of us do about the condition of his bat, but after it sure (laughs) sounded like his bat broke and he almost hit it out when it sounded like his bat broke. And then the very next swing he took his bat shattered. I just thought that was pretty interesting. (laughs) We all can't be Bryce Harper. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. That's what I want. I want Bryce's hair. Nolan Arenado is challenging him for that crown. Oh God. He looks good too with that hair. (laughs) Charlie too. Yeah, he's not. He's no slouch. No, he's not all beard. He's got. He's got a nice. Uh, he's got the mullet. You got it's a little scraggly, but it's a mullet. It's nice. I mean, he, with with his stats, maybe we should have Mike Talkman grow his beard out more, or maybe. What do you think, Ben? What should Talkman do? Go to AAA. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. It's uh, become uh, more and more indefensible. Talkman has. I want to yeah. like the guy. And I'm I sure still can nice in AAA. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's a nice I think guy. we all do. He's just not producing. Yeah. yeah. There are, now that, and I know, so Dahl is back, um, and he played yesterday, and I think he struck out three times in a four at bat, so that's not pretty. But now that the service time things are up, everything like that is over, now that Rival Tapia is still doing well in AAA, there's not really a ton of excuse for Talkman to still be getting hacks on the team. They're just, I don't, and now that Cargo is possibly injured, he's day-to-day with, like, was it a hamstring quad? Yeah, hamstring Rock Pyle had an article about how um, Cargo's kind of said he's sore right now. He might have overstretched his leg when he was making a diving play. Um, so he might be out for a little bit. So with, with Cargo out, and now that Arenado has served his suspension, uh, Para will serve his. So you're going to have Cargo possibly injured and Para gone. You can fill... Cargo's well, Cargo's probably not going to go to DL, but you can move Tapia up and take Tachman back down and have. I mean, it just makes it makes way more sense to have Tapia here than it does Tachman here. I don't understand why you wouldn't put Cargo on the DL. Just put him on. The, it's ten days. It's not that long, and we have incredible depth. Why? That's push the whole it? point of having these three old outfielders. Is you right. just yeah. switch them on and off. Why? Why push it? Why make him? Why make him sit for two games and then bring him back? Maybe he's not all ready to just give him ten days just to hang uh, out. I wish I that guess. Friday was like like a Black Friday where we had like six roster moves. You know, Cargo goes to the DL, <laughs> Talkman goes down, Vileka. I really like Vileka, but oh, he is struggling. Yeah, he. he uh, I wanted to He's look got at options too. Yeah, I wanted to look at who had the worst, like the highest soft hit percentage besides our pitchers. Thinking it was going to be Desmond. We were talking about Desmond. It's actually Vileka. It's Vileka. Yeah. I guess my one thing with Vileka is that we know that Vileka, I, I think we know anyway, that Vileka can pull himself out of it where I don't have that confidence in 
Talkman, yeah. for example. Yeah, I yeah, think it maybe Valeke should just go down and triple A, get some regular ABs, and if he starts hitting again, then bring him back up as your bench bat, but he probably just needs some regular at-bats. That's not major league pitching. Well, and yeah. a good example of a guy that's starting to maybe find it who's because he's getting regular at-bats because of the Nolan Arenado suspension is Ryan McMahon. Finally, we've been calling for it. But and now Arenado's back, Nolan to so. come back, huh? Yeah, so. now Nolan will come back, but... Um, I guess I guess a thought then though too is you could still give McMahon regular at bats if you played uh, Desmond in the outfield while Parra is serving his suspension. Well, we face yeah, just we're scheduled first. Yeah, we're scheduled to face three righties in the Cubs series: Kyle Hendricks, Hugh Darvish. I guess Jose Quintana is a lefty, so we're scheduled to face two righties. So that's two chances for McMahon to be in the lineup, and he, and he should be. Um, uh, something really quick I was going to bring up on the on Cargo is that uh, Cargo's defense so far has been good. The only player that Fangraphs um, on the Rockies, the only player that Fangraphs their defensive rating is higher for is Nolan, which we always expect Nolan to be a good glove. But Cargo's defense mm. so far has been really solid. Hmm. That's the one thing that's always been really consistent with them. And it was off last year. What it was? Yeah. It was he was not there's a little, there's a little off last year. Yeah, and he found everything was off. For Do we have a yeah. Para up yet? Because his defense, I, I keep hearing that it's bad. Uh, it's, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Here's your answer. Um, so when John learns, when John learns baseball savant, is that's his his task for the week. He can come back. Well, there's, to the us 2018's and, numbers aren't up yet. I mean, I can tell you from just reading tweets from Petriello and Zimborski and a couple other guys that there are catch probabilities that are in the 60s and 70s percentages that. Par is letting fall. He's not making so. And it's just killing me. so far has him at a, at a one DRS. Um, and that's got to be just from yeah. It just it feels off. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I take that back though. He's got. He's got an eighteen point user. Um, yeah. He's so so. Fangraphs actually has him a little higher than that. Um, Fangraphs well, in right field has him with a one DRS, and in left field has him with a two DRS. Um, his defensive rating for Fangraphs is positive in right field. His defensive rating for Fangraphs is uh, just flat um, in left field. But it, I guess it would be maybe a case of he's not making the easy plays and he is making the hard plays. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we've mentioned DRS in its entirety before. DRS mm. is defensive runs saved. Um, so somebody like Arenado typically puts up a lot of DRS just because of the position they play, like for example, our our DRS leader right now is actually um, DJ, and some of those things takes into. I believe it takes. Does it take into account UZR or UZR one fifty for DRS? UZR one fifty, I think. UZR one fifty. So it takes a few different stats into account of range ratings and and UZR and and things like that to then give you an idea of how many runs a player is saving on an average basis. Yeah. So, so if we do have to make some moves, you all want Tapia up. You all want doll up what i've been looking at in, in only 13 games in 2018 noel cuevas has started to turn some things around not that he was expected to but he's having a good 13 games yeah i don't i don't i don't know that cuevas is a guy that we would see he bats right-handed <laughs> that's all i'm asking for we right-handed just, outfielder that's not yeah. desmond yeah, because <laughs> that's not Desmond. That's not Desmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have a spot for him, unfortunately. Yeah, his his Babip's three seventy two right now. I mean, so. he's. A, I don't. I don't know. Every time I've seen him, he's played center field for 
the isotopes. So I don't. I, I'm sure he has the ability to play a corner spot, but he's just always been a center fielder throughout the minor leagues. Which we, I mean, center field is certainly a position that um, we don't need because of Blackman, and we definitely don't need because we have Blackman top, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, so I'm trying to figure out, say Valeka really needs some at-bats. We're going to bring up Castro or something? Why not? Why not? Look, you're just going to try something different. I mean, I don't know. It's not like you're going to need Daniel Castro for a ton, especially if you're willing to go with a McMahon-Desmond platoon at first base, have Desmond in the outfield. So far this year, Noel Cuevas has played 13 games in right field and one game in center. So look at me being wrong completely. (laughs) But it's a good thing to be wrong about because you'd rather have him playing corner than center. We don't need a center fielder. I wonder if they've been playing Toppy in center field then all year long then. And then I wonder then, do they push DJ or not DJ Chuck to left? I think we've talked eventually. about the fact that, that eventually Blackman would end up in right. Left eventually, just because, but now, right. yeah, now, well, Tapia yeah. or Cuevas thing, but Cuevas probably not. You know, Castro actually has got a nice um, hitting streak going. So um, yeah, I mean, you certainly would want to find a guy that. I mean, I know we we would we would like to find a guy that's a right-handed power bat that could play the outfield it's just where do you put him and who do you sacrifice in order to put him there everybody for jd martinez wait we can't put him <laughs> in the outfield <laughs> yeah we, that would be a dumpster <laughs> fire um so tapia has come certainly back down to earth though i don't know if you guys have seen but yeah. his yeah uh, he apparently he, average of, yeah 235 he apparently got kicked out of a game like for arguing something with an up I don't, i'm not sure what um, and he's been downhill ever since then. And it's kind of that's a that's something um, is a, kind of a bad look in the minors for young players who get thrown out. Well, and, and I remember uh, Drew Creaseman saying last year when Jordan Patterson didn't make the opening day roster, um, he just didn't have the right attitude. The Rockies thought and didn't like his attitude, so they had a talk with him about it. And I'm wondering if they've had to do the same with Tapia because I'm sure Tapia thought he had a good enough spring to make the roster, and when he didn't. You know, maybe he just didn't but take it. it bug, it bugged him. Uh, yeah, you could you could certainly see that. I mean, I he, mean, he still deserved not, the spot, and then he deserved to lose the spot. But yeah, there hasn't been a reason for Tapia to stay up. Um, Tapia, like we said, has come back to earth, so he's down to an eight sixty eight OPS. Um, how many of games they played away and on the uh, at home? I'm not sure, but eight sixty eight OPS isn't terrible i mean you would certainly take it and you would take it over what talkman is doing right now i just think we have to switch something up and when we switched dj to first things were better but the rockies really love committing to mistakes it's so if tapia comes up is that further proof that chuck isn't in the leadoff spot i would hope so it would be nice. So. Yeah. It'd be so nice. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, and so I mean, like, like Talkman so far has a 180 OPS um, and a negative 51 OPS plus, which is a park adjusted stat. Uh, so even when adjusting for the fact that they played 14 of their 20 games on the road, Talkman has a negative 51 OPS plus. 
and a grand total of one total base on the season, which is definitely what you want for right. a guy that's filling in in center field. Although, so if we did bring Toppy up, it might help our stolen bases. Yes. He yeah, he's got mm-hmm. three on the year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On three stolen bases on no caught stealing. And you know who's got the most stolen bases on the team right now? Trevor Story. Heck yes. Spring's My prediction baby. might be off. He might get like twenty stolen bases. One speedy boy. Just wait until Tom <laughs> Murphy comes up and. <laughs> that was my other bold prediction that's not looking great right now. My <laughs> Jeff Hoffman one's not looking great either, so don't worry. I think one for two is fine. Speaking uh-huh. of like one four or two four or three four or something, why don't we uh, take a quick break and talk about the Cubs as I dramatically cut off Jason mid sentence and apologize for it through this that's sentence? That's good. That's good. I like it. <laughs> we'll see you guys after the break. <laughs> All right, back from the break. Um, we wanted to update you on Tom Murphy. He has a 215 win runs created in 12 games, which is pretty crazy. And his BABIP is totally reasonable at 441. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Definitely won't come back down to earth. So what we were talking about with Tom Murphy, though, too, a little bit when we were on the break is that it's he's at a point in his – life that it's it's kind of do or die with with tom murphy um he's a catcher who's getting a little older i mean he's in his late 20s so he's not old but he's a catcher so at a certain point do you throw murphy to the fire i think we all remember in 2016 when he came up and just came out of nowhere yeah he uh hit a few home runs he had a an ops over a thousand and everything like that and then last year he was bad he was really, really bad. So he's been in AAA since that time where he had that kind of short window here. The um, the interesting thing about, obviously, small sample size April, blah, blah, blah. He, blah, blah, um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> his, uh, his strikeout percentage in 2016 the Rockies is 38%. And 2017, mm-hmm. he was hovering around 36 or 34%. And in 12 games, he's at 17%. Hey. It's a significant decrease. It yeah. is, and he's a he's a power swinger, so it's not like you're not upset to see him have a little bit of a high strikeout it's percentage. Like, so it's like Trevor Story. He, he yeah. swings hard every yeah. time he so swings it's, that. Yeah, seventeen percent is something you can certainly live with with Tom Murphy if he's making contact as well. But the risk is right. then if you have a Story and a Desmond and a Murphy, then that's too many strikeouts. John's everybody the one. John is not. Everybody strikes yeah. out in today's baseball. I just, I can't care. I can't. <laughs> I don't know if you can like. You should really see John's jazz hands right now. Are they jazz they're, hands? Or are they? They're all over the place right now. I'm a very animated person. Okay. What if, can I say? If we change, if we change the sidebar at any point this weekend, it's to John's jazz hands. John's jazz hands. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible like Chicago like hot dog shot. John's jazz hands. <laughs> Speaking of Chicago. Hey, you nailed that one. That was <laughs> um, so, uh, John, who are we facing? Uh, we are scheduled to face you, Darvish, or excuse me, Kyle Hendricks first, and then you, Darvish, and then Jose Quintana. That and, works out. Yeah, their, uh, the, their fielding independent pitching is actually highest to lowest that way. Yeah, and if you guys want to hear their um, wins above replacement so far this year. Um, it is, um, how do you say, not good? 
Um, you've got Quintana and Darvish both at zero, and Kyle Hendricks at negative point two. So, yeah, that's a thing for them. So there's a there's a stat we've talked about um, that gets a little bit more advanced with FIP, and that's xFIP. And it's it's interesting if you look at both Darvish and Hendricks. Um, so FIP again is fielding independent pitching. xFIP takes like what should and shouldn't be home runs. It kind of gets a little bit more subjective there. And you uh, Darvish especially has an xFIP significantly lower than both his ERA and his FIP. So it's kind of some advanced stat nerd saying he got a little bit hosed on this fly ball that probably shouldn't have been a home run, but ended up being a home run. But it's um, still a four. It's still a four. It's not, it's not good, but it's it's lower. And then Hendricks, uh, his ERA is relatively low with a high xFIP or high FIP, and then a little bit lower xFIP. So kind of interesting to look at those guys and see that maybe they got screwed by a fly ball one day you know it was a higher war than you darvish jose Quintana, and kyle hendricks put together one eduardo butler eduardo butler <laughs> it's not gonna go spanish with that but apparently went there <laughs> if there was somebody that would concern me i mean quintana and darvish are really good pitchers so, so yeah. this is not a knock on um, Quintana and Darvish, but they call Kyle Hendricks the professor for a reason. And if there was a guy that came into Coors Field on a cold night, like it's supposed to be on Friday, and just got some soft contact out of us for the entire night, I could see that being Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, when Kyle Hendricks I is see on, it being Jose too. You know? Yeah, I mean when Kyle Hendricks is on, you don't make any contact that's solid at all. When he's off, though, you're going to smack him around because his, right. his and stuff Fred, is just—he's so, results over stuff. And the and the that could be you know so Friday night I there's supposed to be rain ninety percent chance of precipitation I think is last I saw so yeah I mean it could be you feel like that's gonna be a one or the other game like like where Hendricks is either gonna come out and we're not gonna be able to put the bat on the ball solidly to save our lives or we're gonna knock him out in the third inning because he's not gonna be able to control anything but there, there I'm a little concerned with Hendricks after like what Scherzer did to us over the weekend right that's Scherzer yeah. It's Scherzer, but we're a lot of free swingers on a guy that can really make you look stupid. Is Hendricks? True. I'm yeah. a word for Jose. I was at I was at the game last year when he was still with the White Sox. White Sox. And uh, he had our number for seven or eight innings. Well, I mean, he's got an eight one six ERA right now, so hopefully we get that Quintana. <laughs> right. Hopefully that that goes up a little bit. Yeah, well, I'll take that Quintana. That's- They've had some yeah. good, some high home runs per fly ball, which... And that's where XFIP comes in a little bit, is that high home run per fly ball, is people saying maybe this shouldn't have been a home run or maybe this should have been. The, um, if we want to do a whole circle of everything, well, not quite circle, but the um, Chicago Cubs are the second worst team with uh, left on base per game. Good. Uh, offensively. Good. Yeah, they seem... Cold, and then even to the point that uh, Clint Hurdle called them out on it at one point, <laughs> which that gets into the whole idea of you know the way to play the game and blah blah blah. Which depending on your position can be, you know, you can have a very different position than somebody else. But um, they seemed lackadaisical to, or excuse me, lackadaisical to um, start the year, and now here they are. They got a bunch of young it, guys. It kind of shows it. If yeah, Fangraphs has an article up right now, I haven't read, but it basically just says that uh, the. Headline just says that the Cubs don't have a guy to lead off right now. So we yeah, talk well, about we want DJ up there. Great or Chuck for that up one there. pitch. 
Yeah, the very first pitch of Major League season. So we talk about good for one pitch. Yeah, we, we talk about how having DJ or Chuck, like we're having an argument about which really good hitter should be leading off. The Cubs are having an argument of which guy can handle being the leadoff guy. Right. And, I mean, I know, so Joe Madden goes so back and forth, all that stuff. I mean, I, I would wonder, I'd be curious to see how many different people let off for the Cubs last year. I know year. Schwarber has. I know Rizzo has. Shoot. I know Hap has. I know Almora has. That's just for off the top of my head. And that's so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they're kind of, yeah, all, all over, over the place. board with who they have there. Um, and but I, will, I don't know I will that love that's to a... watch Schwarber's defense also, and Coors this weekend. I, that's, <laughs> and I, I don't want know. to see Rizzo's that. been hurt too, by the way. He's coming off. Yeah, he, yeah, he was on a 10-day deal until a couple days ago. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's the Cubs trying to find somebody that can handle leadoff spot. I think they, have, they do kind of have a similar problem that we have. They just have a lot of good players that maybe nobody necessarily fits at the one. But they're all good. We got to give Chris Bryan a little bit of credit right now. He's killing it. Do we have to? <laughs> we just did. That was it. I was going to say our subs gonna, the, credit. the whole sub's going to kill us. We get credit. That's we it. too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Bryant is just—he just is one of the best players in baseball, and he hopefully will be for a long time. I mean, you don't want to see him do poorly. Right. Um, and yeah, so far this year, KB has kind of put that team on his back. Right. But with that three seventy BABIP, yeah, he's always had that though, actually. Yeah, he hits the ball really hard, and when you hit the ball really hard, your BABIP's naturally going to be high. Just the reality of the case. It's hard it's hard to catch a fastball. Right. He Especially re- if, you're, if, you have, if you play defense like Chris Bryant does. You know, his yeah. soft oh. percentage is... That's pretty good. His soft percentage has never the been above, back. like, 15. I mean... Yeah. He can't be fooled, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, he does. He... Brian hits the ball hard. He's it's just tough. There's there's a lot of things that it's tough to do against Chris Bryant. He's got good plate discipline. He's got good plate coverage. He hits the ball hard. He he's got good looks. Hits the, yeah, he hits the ball. He pull, I mean, he does. He pulls the ball. I guess would be the one thing. Yeah, he does it. He's a good looking dude. It's those blue eyes, man. Uh, he does pull the ball a lot. But that would maybe be your one knock on KB is that he pulls the ball a lot. But you're not really shifting on right handed batters, so it's not even that big of a knock on him. Hmm. Um, I think uh, we're almost to a point of stoppage and hoping we're playing some games against the Cubs this weekend and not getting any kinds of weird snow outs or anything. Yeah, Friday and Saturday oh, are not. supposed to not be very good. Sunday is supposed to be good. Ben, how are you feeling about this uh, Cubs series? You any crazy predictions? Um, I think my crazy prediction would be seeing Tapia up to replace cargo Ooh, I'll take or it Talkman, I'll take it even how many games Ooh. are winning I'll go two just with no one no one coming back finally back at home I think even if it is cold I think we'll be able to do what we usually do at home and score a lot of runs there we go do it um, Jason what you got uh What's my crazy prediction? I'm going to say Nolan hits three home runs on the homestand. Mm, Not the homestand, just the three games. Um, And I'm going to, before I make this prediction, no one's going to believe me, and I have my audio saved and didn't delete my audio. (laughs) I'm going to go back and check it. (laughs) And then somehow delete this accidentally again. (laughs) I predicted that the Rockies would take the first two games of the Pirates series and lose the the third one. It's true. Right there on it. 
Uh, I was wrong. I said we wouldn't lose to Chad Cool, and <laughs> yeah, was, we we were pretty cool yeah. against Chad Cool. We were, we were cool against cool. Chad Cool. So my Very prediction cool. for the Cubs series is that we we win two, and we lose on Saturday. So we take them Friday and Sunday. That's where I'm going, John. What do you think? I'll take it. Um, uh, crazy prediction. Um. Well, I'll just give first before I get my crazy prediction. I'll say we win two. Also, we um, we lose to Kyle Hendricks, but we beat you, Darvish and Jose Quintana. And my crazy prediction will be seven innings scoreless from Tyler Anderson. Oof! Ooh, I like that. That's a big one. I would just That's like to point one. out that last time I said something about Tyler Anderson doing well, it did happen. I said zero zero that Padres game. Or 1-0, that Padres you game. Did, he, yeah, you did <laughs> the say never ending Padres almost, game that we're still yeah, playing right now. It almost <laughs> went to 1-0. Uh, and Kyle, or excuse me, Tyler Nissen is facing off against Darvish. Is that who he's pitching against? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to say um, Quintana is going to go 8. It's going to be weird. Nine? That's going to be the game we're going to lose. And McMahon hits his first home run. Nice. I thought about going with that one. It's too late. We would all I like love that it. One too. Yeah, it's a McMahon home run would. Oh, would be sweet. Um, I think, and then the last prediction: How many hits will Ian Desmond have this home series, this Cup series? Oh. Are we going to count infield hits? <laughs> yeah, yes. just straight up hits. That's all we're counting, actually, because we're talking about his. <laughs> Wait, what's, an, what's an outfield hit? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have two hits, and one of them is going to be in the outfield. I'm saying it right now. As a line drive, or is it like a dribble that makes it to the outfield? So technically, it's an outfield hit. I think it's going to be a pulled ball that gets right past KB. There you okay. go. Ben? Man, um, I'm going to go with three. One, one each game. Okay. One each game. I mean, that'll, yeah. that'll, that would raise his average by like 100 points. I'd be fine with that. But. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. We'll, we'll go ahead, John, one other thing. I'll do, um, for some inexplicable reason, he hits a home run against Kyle Hendricks, and that's the only hit he has all series, and that's the only run we score against Kyle Hendricks. And then we're like, well, Ian Desmond's great again for some reason. <laughs> Make him the sidebar. Um, Desmond. For that one inning. Yeah. <laughs> Desmond gets two hits on Sunday, um, but neither of them are actually hits. They're actually just errors that got counted as hits. <laughs> Give some home cooking scoring. Yeah, and um, at what point does Desmond's average fall below McMahon's? Sunday. If McMahon gets regular at-bats, uh, shoot. You'd have to That's look that question. Well, yeah, what is, McMahon, what is McMahon's average after today? I think he's it? like 133 or 140. Did he get it over a hundred? Yeah, yeah, I think I think Probably. my man's okay. at like one forty, and like Desmond's at like one sixty or something. I mean, he's had so few at bats that two hits will just raise his average by so much. And again, right. small sample size, but yeah, I mean, you could you, then you could very conceivably see Ryan McMahon's batting average pass Ian Desmond's on Sunday. I mean, that's a hundred percent a possibility. He has a uh, thirty-eight plate appearances and a one eighteen average. Well, I mean, that, I don't think Des- that's updated. What's Desi's? It's not updated from today, I don't think. No, I don't think so from today. Um, after fine. today, yeah, he's got a 118 average after today. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. Um, so if he only has 38 plate appearances, then each at bat, you know, if he gets a hit, can raise his average by 25 points still. Um, 
So I mean, basically, if he if he got if he got two hits and Desmond didn't, then his uh, batting average would be ahead of Desmond's. Yeah, Desmond's at one sixty two. Oh, so, yeah, it would just yeah. literally it would take, yeah, it's, it would uh, take two hits. It, it, like it hurts to think about. <laughs> That's pretty. It's what's what's really so bad about that more than anything else is is that we have to play him. Well, we've hated McMahon so much so far. Not hated, but we've been so disappointed in McMahon so far, and we're paying McMahon five hundred thousand dollars, and we're paying Desmond twenty two million dollars this year. And with two more hits, the guy that we've all been so down on can pass Desmond in average. A guy with an almost fifty percent strikeout rate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot that he strikes out all the time. There's just no good ways. uh, It's we're back to there being no good ways to spin the Ian Desmond signing. Yeah, he might. I think he just start doing bunt pop ups. You know, (laughs) and maybe maybe infielders crash into each other. (laughs) What were you saying about it, Ben? We could uh, just start having him bunt every at bat. There we go. Yeah, you you and Zach are on the same page. And we joked about it one time that if he started bunting at bat every at bat, his launch table would go up. Oh god! <laughs> All right, and we're back to it. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. So, we we have a little hope after the road trip, um, and we hope to check in with you guys again after this Cub series. Um, Wait, one wants- thing. Wait, one thing though. It was announced today that Taiwan Walker, the pitcher for the Diamondbacks, is going to have Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out for the year and more next year. So they're going to be without their fifth starter. And we are only three games behind them for first place in the NL West, even though we've been kind of down on the team. We're still only three games out of the Diamondbacks from first place and just lost and a, one of their best pitchers. A, right. a big thing that sticks out to me so heavily is that we're two games above 500, 11 and 9. And we have played 14 games on the road and six games at home. We're 9 and 5 on the road. Like being 11 and 9 right now after playing 14 games on the, on the road and six at home is. Can't be we, mad should about be, that. We, we should be over the moon about that, especially should, based on yeah. how the Rockies normally play on the road. Yeah, it's just a little disappointing how that first homestand went. Yeah. 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 So but this is when we turn it around. That's right. All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Um, Hopefully, we don't lose this one. <laughs> Everybody save. Everybody save. <laughs> All right. I'll right. talk to you guys next week. See y'all. See ya. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah.